Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Have you guys ever had that thought of when you lost something, right? Probably something might come to your mind. Something valuable. It could be your phone. It could be your grandmother's diamond ring. It could be like your passport and you left it in a taxi somewhere in another nation and you've just seen that passport. Off it goes in that taxi. That feeling that you get when you lose something, it affects you physically, doesn't it? Yeah, you feel it, like you feel sick. There's something like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. But when you find it, oh, it feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) When you find it, that thing that you lost, gosh, you uh, can't help but tell 10 friends. You let them all know, you let your family know, you guys, oh, I finally found it. I have this wallet and I've nicknamed it the boomerang. (laughs) You could probably guess why it's called boomerang. I've lost that thing so many times. True story, and this was early on, one of the first times I've lost it. Um, We're coming back from a family holiday. I went to Macca's. Um, Coming out of Macca's, obviously you're carrying a lot of food. You know, you're trying to negotiate this situation of getting back into your car. So what do you do? You put things on your roof because your, your car's gifted with this perfectly flat platform to put things on. Who would have thought? So you put everything on your roof And then obviously my priorities must have been my food because I made sure that that was in the car and then I just took off. (laughs) And um, I get home, honestly, about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes later and I'm unpacking the car and then I have this feeling that you all can relate to. Oh my gosh, where is my wallet? And I know I just used it, right? I just bought Mackie D's (laughs) an hour and 45 minutes ago. So where's my wallet? And then I, I'm going through my car, I'm like, it's gone. And this is no word of a lie. At that moment, I get a phone call. And then I say, hello? And they're like, hey, is this Zach? And I'm like, yeah, who's speaking? Yeah, um, we found your wallet. I'm like, no way. Whereabouts is it? Whereabouts are you guys? I'll come straight there. I'm thinking, I've got to go for a long drive. I've got to go back to Macca's, pick up my wallet. They're like, oh, we're at this address. I look it up. It's five minutes from my house. <laughs> That's a miracle. It must have stayed on my roof this whole time and then fell off at the last minute and I'm like, sweet, I'll just go pick up my wallet. Now I've left my wallet on park benches, I've left my wallet at friends' houses, I've left my wallet in so many different places and it's still with me today, praise Jesus. I feel like this thing is anointed. I feel like there's a grace of God on my wallet. Seriously, if you've got anything lost, just lay your hands on my wallet and I'm sure I'll come back to you. Paul had his uh, handkerchief, I've got my wallet. Some of you are like, are you serious? Will that work? <laughs> no, it, probably, it won't work. We could try it, but I don't think it'll work. But my wallet actually over time started to lose value to me because I put it all on my phone. Like I've got my cards, I've got my ID, I've got everything on my phone. If I lost my phone, that'd probably be a different story. But my wallet over time, it started to lose value to me. One time I lost it. Again, this is a true story. One time I lost it and um, it was the police. And they're like, hey, we found your wallet. Sorry, it's taken us a while to get onto you. It was kind of left at the station. It actually was handed in a week ago. And I'm like, oh, you got my wallet. To be honest, I didn't even know it was missing. (laughs) Seriously, I just leave it. I I don't use it that much anymore. The thing is, is the value of something that once had great value in my life diminished over time. And I feel like sometimes as Christians, this can happen when it comes to the kingdom of God. 
It was so important to us. But somehow over time, it's almost like this great value that was everything to us diminished over time. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44. And it's Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. Okay. And it says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes, say that after me again, he goes, and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verses 45, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, say that again, great value, value. went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is meant to have such great value to us that like this man that found the field, when you find it, you go for it. When you find it, you go. Right? The kingdom, just to give it a little bit, like the kingdom in scripture is expressed in many different ways. One of the easiest ways, the simplest ways to explain it, it's just the domain of the king, the king being Jesus. So it's any attribute of the king that's being expressed in that moment, okay? So it could be his love, his mercy, his power, his forgiveness, his grace. The kingdom is expansive and it's powerful and it's amazing, right? And he's given it to us to steward. He's given his kingdom to us. And I think... One response that we have to have when we receive this kingdom has to be gratitude, right? We've been talking a lot about gratitude and um, this series, you know, is called Thanksgiving, which really can be interpreted as gratitude. And uh, you've heard it here said a few times already that gratitude is an attitude, which it is. I believe it is, but it also is more than that. I feel like it's a response, like it, it, it gets us to do something right so if you lost a wallet like what are you going to do you're going to try and find it right when you find the wallet what are you going to do you can tell all your friends that i found i found my lost thing the kingdom of god is very similar isn't it when you find it something happens you go for it and so over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about gratitude and thanksgiving and pastor ben's unpacked that in a really really profound and deep way i would encourage you to listen to that on um podcast but I'm going to tell you this morning just two things that I've realized that I've learned over time that gratitude is not, okay? Two things that gratitude is not. Number one, gratitude is not lip service. Now, I'm going to say a statement and I'm going to be pretty confident that I could be accurate. At least everybody in this room at some point in their life has been a child. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true, right? Or you are one. Welcome if you are. Now, there's this funny thing that happens with parents and their children. Often there's a lot of life lessons, valuable lessons that parents are teaching children, right? And this has always been fascinating to me. I'll probably do the same, let's be honest. Um, But when a parent is giving a lolly or a gift or something to their child, they're holding it out like this. And the child's keen and they're coming. You know they are. And just as they're about, it's almost like the parent waits until their hands are almost on it and they snatch it back and what do they do they say what do you say (laughs) right they want you to say thanks it's always been weird to me that you say thanks before you receive it but there could be a lesson in that um and what's the kid do of course they're going to say thanks 
because they want the toy. They're just going to snatch. They're going to be like, thanks. Now, in that moment, do you think that child has much gratitude in their heart? Probably not a great deal. Like they're just saying the right things to get the result that they want. And I feel like sometimes as Christians, can we do that as well? Maybe just say the right things and pray the right things just to get the result that we want, but our heart isn't really in it. Maybe it's just lip service. Every service we do this. You will notice that we are always encouraging our church to give praise to our God, right? Why? It's not just going through the motions. It's not just what we do. We're trying to stir something up in your heart, which I know you have, that may be dormant, that is like, He is worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our thanksgiving. It's not just going through the motions. Like the worship band, the worship team are not just being like, come on guys, let's get on with this. Like we've just got to get to lunch. No, this is powerful and significant. And every time we do it, we have purpose behind it because we want to foster a heart of gratitude towards our God. The second thing that gratitude is not, it's not works, Okay. When I was in um, last year, my wife and I, we went to Europe and particularly we spent a fair bit of time in Italy and Italy is awesome. Like I would encourage everybody to go to Italy, but sometimes if you ever traveled overseas, I don't know if this is an Aussie thing or just everybody does this, but sometimes when you go overseas, you get a little bit like, uh, I don't know, entitled or you might think, ah, we do it better. You know what I mean? It's like you see something that they have and you're like, yeah, but we got it pretty good too. One thing that started to, well, probably took me by surprise when I first went over is in Italy, you've got to pay for everything that we kind of get free here. And it's everywhere. So public toilets have got them and they're available to everybody, but you've got to pay for them, right? When you go to the beach, the showers there, you know, just to wash off the sand, those showers, like they're everywhere at our beaches, but you've got to pay for them you got to pay to sit on the beach in Italy. you got to pay for everything. And when you go to a restaurant, you got to pay to sit in. you got to pay to dine. That's before you've ordered the menu. And the other thing which I feel like was the tipping point is you have to pay for water. I'm like, i got to sit in and i got to pay to dine and then pay to get water. I'm already four or five euros in and I would have got that for free in Australia. You know when they come out and it's like still a sparkling, they only give you two options, but you know there's a third, right? We fell for it in Italy. I was like, yeah, but there is a free option. They're like, no. <laughs> you have to pay for water. And the, and the Aussie, like what my experience is like, yeah, but I'm a paying customer. Like I pay you for food. Surely you can give me this one thing, which is free to you, water anyway. Like we're doing a favor for a favor. There's an exchange that takes place, right? And so in my heart, when they bring out that water, I might say, thanks, but am I really that grateful, right? Because I'm thinking I paid for this anyway. I deserve this. So I'm not that grateful. I'm just saying it like before in the first point, it's just lip service. I'm not really that grateful. And I feel like sometimes this can sneak in and it's very dangerous when it comes to the things of God because we can be doing ministry for a long time. Maybe we were believing for something for a long time. Maybe we've given a lot of our time, talent and treasure, right? But we fail to see how great of a gift he's already given us. 
right? And he's already given us everything. There's no way we could ever outgive him. There's not like a favor for a favor relationship that we have with our God. He's done it all for us. Like we could never repay him for the beautiful gift, which is the kingdom, that pearl. We can never really repay, ever repay him for that beautiful gift. Um, many of us, we all actually have our ministry. Whether you believe in God or not, there's a purpose on your life. There's a ministry. It might not necessarily look like serving in the church, but even sometimes after years and years and years of ministry, we could be like, God, where's this next thing? Where's the promotion? Look at my life's work. Now, we've said it multiple times in the series that you can't outgive God, but this is also true. You cannot put God in debt. You can never put God in debt, right? He's done so much. His kingdom is so good. It's so valuable. It's so much life in it. There's so much peace in it. And this is before you get the miracle, the breakthrough or the anything, which he's a loving father and he wants to pour out in your life. He does. But what you've got, the kingdom, oh, it's so worth it. I had a moment when we were, I had a moment, if I could say it that way, when we were in Europe. And um, one particular night, I think maybe paying for water, paying for service, paying for toilets, all of this was maybe getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Isn't it silly? I feel like my entitlement is justified in that specific scenario, no, nowhere else. Um, but like Ruthie and I have such a beautiful relationship, but this one particular night, we didn't quite see eye to eye. We had like a tiff. If that, it was tiny. We just, we were just like going, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And mostly talking about finances and stuff like that. And to be honest, I was being selfish. I was being grumpy. I was just like probably being entitled and saying, nah, let's do this, whatever, who cares? You know, and Ruth's being smart and wise. And, and we're walking back to the place that we're staying. And, um, we weren't saying a lot, so there was a bit of like, we're processing what we, you know, we're processing it. And, um, and then I got a message from my sister, like that night on our way back to where we were staying. And my sister's in the US and um, in the text message, it said this, it said, hey guys, I've just been thinking and praying about you. I feel like God put on my heart to bless you. Um, so I've transferred a couple hundred dollars into your bank account and I want you guys to have the best time. That was the night where I was probably in the worst mood the whole trip and the most entitled and the most selfish. And it really, I really learned a lesson about gratitude and about what God does for us. You see, gratitude rises in your heart in the proportion to how undeserved and how beautiful the gift is. Yeah, yeah. When you realize he didn't have to come. Yeah. You know, mercy woke you up today. Yeah. Yeah. Like he holds everything in the palm of his hand. Yeah. It's his mercy. It's his sovereignty. It's his love towards us. And he, hasn't, he doesn't have to do any of that. But he does because he loves you. Not because I was in a good mood and full faith that night that I got that gift ultimately from God. I didn't deserve that and yet he did it anyway. Gosh, that got me. So when you find it, when you find the pearl, it does something in your heart. 
it, it changes you, doesn't it? It transforms you because you see the great value in it. We saw the merchant went and got rid of everything just to get this one pearl of great value. We, I mean, we just had the miracle offering. I've seen so many people hold great value in this pearl called the kingdom of God. And I'm so encouraged by that. Like this church is full of people who are committed and love Jesus. And honestly, together as a church, we're going to accomplish some amazing things for His namesake. And I feel like we're just getting warmed up. But I've been in this role now for six years or six or so years as the business manager on staff. And um, through the entire time, we've had so many people just offer up days like throughout the week, like get paid one less day or two less days. Some people even more than that and will commit for years before they ever receive any sort of pay or sustaining, you know, financial benefit in that sense. And um, I'm just blown away by the commitment and the sacrifice of so many people in this church. Like I'm so encouraged. But as the business manager, when I do the budgets, do you know what I really want? I want them to get paid for the work that they do, right? Yeah. But that didn't actually come from me. It was always Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah's heart. They take so many cuts. They make so many sacrifices. I feel like I can say they're not in the room. I can just gush on them a little bit. And it really, really does come from the top down. Like, we have so many people that commit so much because... They see how much they commit, right? And if they're not all in, it'll be hard for us to be all in. But they really are. And budget time, I'm like, Ben, what do you want to do? Like, these are the plans. Where are we going to allocate resources and stuff like that? He's like, oh, I really want to try and get some of these guys paid who have been donating days for years. I'm like, also, Ben, you haven't been paid or haven't been had a pay increase for years as well. He's like, put it in the star put it in the staff, put it in the staff. I'm just encouraged by that, that we have a leader so, so, so sold out and just wants to keep blessing the community and keep blessing the church. And um, you can see that he's found the pearl. And you can see it in so many different people in our church. They found the pearl. And it's so encouraging to me to see so many people that are so on board and so full of gratitude towards God because they see the great value in that pearl. When you find it, you change. You seriously do. When you find it, your life's transformed. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and do a bit of study with you because some people love studying the Greek and all that. So I'm going to go in and do a bit of study with you. You guys with me? All right. So we're going to go deep real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15. And I'm going to show you a little bit more about the link between grace and thanksgiving in scripture but before i tell you paul is just talking about the mercy that he's received from god his whole ministry is mercy from god he's gone through heartache he's gone through loss he's gone through persecution suffering and all of that and then he says this at the start of verse 15 he says for it is all for your sake which is amazing to me that paul would go through that and it's for the church because your sake is writing to the church it's all for us he's gone through all of that so that we can get this, so that grace, this message of grace can get to us. So that grace extends to more and more people. It may increase thanksgiving all 
for the glory of God. So, I mean, people donate days and time and their, their finances and our church is full with these people that give up and give up and give up. But what is it for? It's for the glory of God. Yeah. It's all for God because we can't, honestly, we shouldn't make a name for ourselves. That's just yeah. going to be destruction for anybody. But we can do it for him because people, because A, he's got big shoulders, he can carry it. But he's actually the only one that's deserving of praise. Right? You know, worship and praise is the only thing that we give back to God that He didn't give to us. Everything else is His. This is our part, right? We give worship. We give our gratitude. We give our praise. So I'm going to look at this word grace. I'm going to say it in English first, and then I'm going to try and pronounce it in the Greek. The word grace, I always get nervous with this part. All right? So I want forgiveness. The English way of saying it is charis, right? Charis. But the Greek way of saying it is like charis. Charis. Nice. Is that right? Is that good? Pass marks. Charis, right? The English, the English way of saying the Greek word of thanksgiving, does that make sense? You with me? Is eucharisto. Eucharisto. So the word charis is actually in the word thanksgiving. It's amazing. And the English language of often at times doesn't quite articulate the color and the depth of what it is originally written in. So that word thanksgiving can also be translated to gratitude and the position of your heart. So what's the point in just this one verse? When the grace of God penetrates the human heart, it rebounds back to God as gratitude. When you find it, when you find grace, it increases gratitude and gratitude glorifies the giver. That's what true gratitude does. Psalms 50, 23 says, The one who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors God. So you can see how when you find the pearl, when you find it, you go after it. When you find it, it changes you. And when you find it, you give. I want to share a quick story about a man of God who actually was born in the early 1800s. And um, he grew up in England. He was quite a popular kid, actually. So his parents were, his parents were Christians. Uh, I believe his dad was a pastor. And um, he, he kind of walked away from the faith because he was very likable. We've seen this before in the church even, where they just get drawn into the things of this world. But then at the age, I believe it was 18, he had this radical encounter with God. And I think he was um, just going through an old library and he found this book and it said, it is finished. And he was like, what is finished? How could it be finished? Because there's so much to do, right? And then God spoke to him through that book and it was all about the finished work of the cross and he got radically saved. His mum was actually praying for him earnestly and... Um, she was actually out of town and she received from God that your son has been saved. And then when she gets home, it was a young boy. His name was Hudson Taylor, if you've heard of him. He gets home and he's like, Mom, I met Jesus. And she's like, yeah, I know. God told me he was coming after you. Hudson Taylor was a very significant ministry in, uh, missionary in China in the uh, mid-1800s, he actually worked in China 
for over 50 years. He received from God, he found the pearl. And then he, he heard from God that, hey, I want you to go to China. And then the lead up to preparing to go to China, remember, is at a time where we, you know, he didn't have all the things that we have access to right now. And so he actually did things like, you know, removing, getting rid of his mattress to sleep on a hard bed. You know, he was getting changed outside in frigid environments to get used to this sense of like, this is going to be tough. He ended up giving 50 years of his life and committing his entire life to God's service. He lost loved ones. He even lost his own kids over there at times. He lost his first wife. And he gave so much. He saw, he, he had a church that grew to over 125,000 people. This is before the 1900s. This is amazing. He himself had converted over 35,000 people and he himself baptized 50,000 people. He endured all sorts of heartache, loss, persecution, trauma, you name it. He actually, when he went over, was meant to be an established missionary group, but then when he did get there, it turns out there was this civil war going and half of his so-called Christian community that he was walking into were actually rebels. So he didn't even have anything to really launch from to begin his missionary work. And yet he did so much for God. And at, towards the end of his life, he had this to say. It's simple, but it amazes me. He said, I never made a sacrifice. I'm like, oh, mate, do you know what that word means? I'm pretty sure you did. And a big one. But something about the value of the pearl meant that it didn't feel like sacrifice. Something about what you see in its value, the kingdom of God, it means that you just freely give sacrificially. You freely just like, I'm all in for this. This is amazing. This is God's will. I'm, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of his church. So when you find it, you go. When you find it, it changes you. And when you find it, you give everything for the eternal kingdom. I'm going to read um, the rest of 2 Corinthians. So we read verse 15 and verse 16 summarizes it so well. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. He says this, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And this is an amazing line. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Paul sees the value. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal the kingdom is eternal and I want to be part of that I want to be all in and I encourage you to be all in too I'm not saying you need to go to China and sell your home and you know do all these incredible things I mean you could but Jesus said first seek the kingdom so is the kingdom number one is it the most important thing? Is it, does it have greater value than your wallet? 
your phone. Well, that'd be tough. Does it have great value? Why don't you stand? I was praying about this message a couple of times, um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, sorry. And I was like, oh, what do you want for your church? What do you have for your church? I don't want to just say things. I mean, I believe they're on your heart, but they're, they're just things on my heart. Like specifically, Lord, what do you have for your church? What do you want to say? If you're the next speaker and I was to hand you the microphone, what would you say? And I was praying this and I was, I felt like I wasn't getting much. And then after a fair bit of time in prayer, I felt like he said to me, this simple phrase for the church and for you. And all it is, is the time is now. I feel like if he had the mic, he would say the time is now. I wasn't totally sure. So I kept praying, Lord, what do you want to hear? What do you want me to say? What do you want your church to hear? And the next day I was just at the gym. I was in prayer, just like praying the same thing. God, what do you want to say to the church? And I kid you not, as I'm praying, I look up and the music video comes up on the screen and the name of the song was The Time Is Now. I really feel like it's a word for you, church. The time is now. And there might be some of you in this room, for whatever reason, I'm sure they're all good reasons, but for whatever reason, maybe you've pushed pause on God's call on your life. And I'm not saying you're not following, I'm not saying you're not committed, I'm not saying you're all in. But maybe you're waiting for something. Maybe you're waiting for Him to do something. Maybe you're waiting for some sort of breakthrough or freedom in an area or whatever. But I, I just, I say this with sincerity and love in my heart. Don't exchange a favor for a favor. You have the kingdom. There's nothing more that you need to fulfill everything that He has for your life. Seriously. He has done everything for you. It's such a beautiful gift. And I would encourage you, if you're holding back or maybe you've pushed pause, come on, hit play. Hit play with me. Let's do it together. Let's go after it together. Let's hit play. And I just want to pray for you. If there's anybody, everybody just close your eyes. If there's anybody in their heart, they just feel like maybe, I'm not saying you don't believe in Jesus. I'm not saying you don't follow Him. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with Him. But I'm, I'm just trying to get to that area of your life that maybe you haven't fully surrendered to Him. Maybe you pushed pause on something. Maybe He's given you a dream and you've, you've just kind of shelved it. Maybe, maybe there's just some stuff that you're like, well, you can have that, but I'm not sure about this yet. If, if that's you and, and I'm speaking to you right now, if you feel like the time is now, that phrase is a word for you. Just so I know who I'm praying for, why don't you just raise your hands? Who am I praying for? Come on. Awesome. 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 Who else is in? The time is now. Awesome. Awesome. Father, I just thank you so much for people who are just like, yep, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my whole life. 
yep, I want to be all in. And I just want to honor these people who are already continuing to believe in you and have faith in you. But Lord Jesus, I pray that if there's any area that might be untouched or any area that they feel like they're hanging on to, Lord, I pray that right now as I'm praying that they would just hand it all over to you and just trust it with you. Lord Jesus, would you meet them where they're at? Lord Jesus, would you bring peace and restoration and wholeness to their heart right now? Lord Jesus, would you just fill them up and encourage each person in this room? Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.